Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com. So you, you mentioned you got all your investments together. How did you, what did you do? You had to buy a truck, right? Long story short, I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I like to think of ways on how to flip money fast. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, flipping Hot Wheels die cast. Like the toy, like toy cars. Exactly, the, oh. those Hot Wheels. Funny because, so I witnessed all of this. So I witnessed the start of the Beria. I was witnessing uh, his adventure into the Hot Wheels. We, we used to go to garage sales and estate sales uh, during the summer. And one day we saw this yard sale and there was like a bunch of cars. And he was like, let's stop right there. Something here is valuable. Right. Like something here is valuable. And he decided that he was going to do like a bulk deal. Right, with, just buy with, the whole band, right? So, yeah, so. And I bought it for $150. Like, honestly, I want to say it was like $700 or $800 worth of stuff. Taught him the, the game of flipping, all of that. He made some money, and I made a lot of money. Out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah, your small cut. His, yeah. Finder's piece. Younger brother. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so you, you flipped cars into a birria truck. Hey guys, welcome to the Realized Games Podcast. We're on episode 60. I'm Stephen Tran. I'm an Oregon and Washington realtor, and I invest in multifamily and short-term rentals. And I'm your co-host, Jordan Lee, mortgage lender based here in Portland, Oregon, licensed in nine different states. Um, and I also I invest in single-family residences, and we just we just picked up a duplex. We sure did. <laughs> and yeah, today we had a, a, a little bit of a different episode. Uh, we interviewed our friends Leo and Ivan from PDX Beria. Yeah, uh, super interesting episode. It, it talks about the entrepreneurial journey of getting started in a food cart right in the middle of pandemic. These guys had like went viral real fast. Had a have a, had a lot of success. I mean, ultimately they went from one cart to nine carts and a brick and mortar. Yeah, and it's only been like two to three years. Couple, two and a half, three years. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't had their food, check them out. They're they're a lot of fun. And if you're interested in kind of like starting a business, I think this is a great episode for you. Yeah, check it out. Hey guys, welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. And I'm your co-host, Jordan Lee, and we're super excited to have Leo and his brother Ivan here on the show today. Uh, we're gonna talk about a couple of things. I mean, entrepreneurship being the, the primary, um, but we met Leo through through real estate. He you know he works at a local title company, and um, and since then we've had his their catering from the Beria truck, and so, yeah, we just we just love to hear kind of your your guys' story. Like, how did you how did you come to Portland? Um, I'm, I'm, are are you guys from Portland or? Yeah. Okay. So you guys were you guys were born here and? No, I was actually uh, born in Mexico, but technically raised in Portland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. And w when did you guys come over? It's been a while. I think I was about like four years old. Okay. They Pretty first young. brought me. Yeah. Yeah. And what? Why Portland? Well. I think my parents had family members already here, and they said, well, let's give it a try over there, and, and everything went 
Okay, okay, so you have a decent amount of Mm -hmm. family in the area then? We have a big amount of family around the area. (laughs) Uh, It's very funny. So uh, everybody kind of decided to immigrate over here on the Pacific Northwest. And uh, it's been home ever since. Uh, here, here and there, we'll we'll go back. Um, uh, yeah, so we. In what part of Mexico? Yucatan. So oh, in the Yucatan. Okay. The, the peninsula. So, uh, near Cancun, near like the the pyramids and whatnot. That's kind of what it's known for, Chichen Itza. Okay. So you guys speak Mayan then too, or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're, and but you were you born here or were you? So I'm first gen you, of my family. Okay. Born here. Um, funny on the Mayan thing, one of our, our, our grandma actually only spoke Mayan. Yeah. And here and there she would like uh, say some stuff in Spanish. But usually when I when I first moved to Mexico, because I lived there for three years, um, I had to learn how to understand some of the dialect uh-huh. because she didn't know how to speak some Spanish words. And so it was kind of interesting. It's a whole different world. <laughs> yeah, when I was working in kitchens, it seemed like there was a, a bunch of guy, guys from the Yucatan that, and a lot of them, you know, spoke kind of a mixture of Mayan and Spanish. Yeah. It was all really, like, hardworking guys. So um, help me, help. yeah, so help me understand. You guys came here. Was your family in restaurants, or how did you guys, like, find your way into that, that world? No, actually, um, well, they, they've always been hardworking people. They had two jobs. We barely even saw our parents. But oh. as the years w- went through, um, they started a janitorial business. And mm. that's where like we... Like cleaning restaurants? Cleaning or commer- co- uh, commercial buildings. Commercial okay. buildings. Residential. Okay. Mm-hmm. All of that. A couple of restaurants. And then I kind of followed that footsteps. And as I, when I finished high school... I got the opportunity to open a business and started that. Mm. Then all of a sudden, um, my wife, she is very talented in, in the kitchen. She has a lot of experience with cooking. Okay. And we, we've always had that desire like open our, our own gig and start something. And the opportunity came up uh, actually two years ago during the pandemic. Wait, wait. So you guys started the business only two years ago? Two years ago during the pandemic. Three years now with, oh, wow. 2020? Or 2020, whatever, yeah, three years. Four, almost yeah. three yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you started in the pandemic when every restaurant, when half of the restaurants in the in the in the city closed. Exactly. Um, and what was your mindset going into that? Why why were you like okay, everyone's running from the restaurant world? I have a, I had a buddy in the restaurant world that got laid off of five jobs consecutively. Yeah. Um, what made you guys want to jump in when everyone was getting out? Well, to be honest, we did have that fear. Mm-hmm. And I've always had that mentality: is uh, you either risk it or you won't. You won't know until you risk. Yeah. Right? And so w- I told my wife, I'm like, just let it happen. Like we'll put all of our investments, and if it goes well, it goes well, and if it doesn't, move on to the next to the next journey. Yeah, I was gonna say this is like right. I remember during this time, like the birria craze was kind of just just hitting, and everybody was mm-hmm. looking for like I had it like once, and I was like, oh, I gotta get this again. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is that is that was that a, a motivator for you to get into this business? Because your wife's birria was just uh, amazing. Well, it's actually um, we've always traveled to California. Yeah, and California is a very popular state that offers birria, and they're one of like they're. They're the ones that kind of started that trend, mm-hmm. the way it's served, the way it's cooked, and everything. Obviously, it comes from Mexico. The TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> it, it comes from Mexico, all of that. But California, the way they cook it, it's just another They level. had kind of their own style, uh, right? Exactly. What I, actually, level. for our audience, a lot of them might not be familiar with birria at all. Like, I didn't really know about it until pretty recently, too. Um, but why don't, why don't you go ahead and just kind of explain what birria is? 
Well, birria is, um, it's a Mexican dish that was offered in, started in Jalisco. And um, it's mostly the way it's cooked. It takes anywhere from seven to 10 hours, depending. Slow cooked. It, it's slow cooked and it's a very nice. It's covered in liquid or fat or? It, yes, yes. Um, and it, it's offered in many ways uh, that you can actually serve. You can have it on a, on a bowl of soup, on tacos, quesadillas, mm. technically everything. Anything really, okay. And yeah. is there a specific type of meat that you're supposed to use for birria or you can kind of do it with? It, it's very popular in beef and in goat. Yeah, that's and how I used to have yeah, it with, exactly. the, with my yeah. friends that I used to work in the kitchen. They they do goat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's it's mostly popular only in those two meats. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then so you guys, I saw that at least I've had it at your cart. You serve it with tacos. Yeah. Is well, there, and then what else? How else do you say, serve it? You said you said soup. Uh, yeah, we have it with anything. You name it: quesadilla, burrito, okay. torta. Tacos, um, on a tostada, like technically mostly everything that you would know of Mexican style. So instead of like your normal choices of meat, like birria can be a, your choice of meat in the different options that you choose. In the different style yeah. that you like. Um, yeah. Just when we opened, we actually were only offering beef and, okay. and those choices, tacos, burritos, anything. But um, throughout the years by went by. Actually, I think it was last year, we started now offering uh, um, asada, mm-hmm. al pastor, right, right, right. chicken. I see. Yeah. Okay. Were you considering like any other types of uh, like Mexican food, or was it just like birria is hot here and there's just not a lot of options? Is that why you went for it? Yeah. Birria was really, really popular at the during the pandemic. Yeah. And it still is. And uh, we we just wanted to be part of it. Okay. So how so you you mentioned you got all your investments together. How did you what did you do? You had to buy a truck, right? Yeah. How how did and how did you you just guys pooled your money together? Were you able to get a loan or how did that work? Well, it's long story short. I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I like to think of ways on how to flip money fast. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, flipping Hot Wheels diecast. I have not. No. Yeah, I had my business, but I've always <coughs> learned uh, little hustles here and there. Okay. And uh, I learned a, a flipping game with the with the diecast. Interesting. Like the toy, like toy cars. Exactly. The, oh. Those Hot Wheels. Okay. They're, so, and how how does the value work with those? Honestly, it can run from a two dollar car all the way to three to twenty. Uh, $25,000. So some like, there's some sort of rarity with the type of car. Exactly. And if you go to like whatever Goodwill and f- buy a box of them, then exactly. you can find the rare ones and resell it. Exactly. It's like um, it's like any collector's item. Yeah, You've yeah. got to learn the value right, of it, right, right, the right. information of it. <laughs> and it's the same thing with this. It's funny because, so I witnessed all this. So I witnessed the start of the birria. I was witnessing uh, his adventure into the Hot Wheels. We, we used to go to garage sales and estate sales uh, during the summer, and we, we were driving around, and one day we saw this yard sale, and there was like a bunch of cars, and he was like, let's stop right there. So we stopped, <laughs> we stopped there, and we, we get there, and the, so the father of uh, this lady had just passed away, and he was a huge collector of die-cast cars. Interesting. So we, we're looking at the cars, and me and him were just like, oh, like, dang, like, there's, there's, there's some cool cars. And he was like, something here is valuable. Right. Like, something here is valuable. 
and he decided that he was gonna do like a bulk deal. Right, with, just buy with, the whole band, right? So yeah, so and I bought it for a hundred and fifty dollars. <throat> like honestly, I want to say it was like seven hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, the lady needed the money, and she's like, "Okay, well, hundred fifty, you take it." I don't know if I overpaid, but I thought I saw a profit in it, right. and I said, I, "I'll take it." And and yeah, we did. I I taught him the the game of flipping, all of that. He made some money, and I made a lot of money out of it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's yeah, like a he's small said, cut. Yeah. Finder's feet. Younger yeah. brother. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so you, you flipped cars into a real, into a truck. I like this. I, we flipped toy cars into a birria truck. And to be honest, uh, <laughs> literally, when I saw that you can flip a, four do- a $2 car into $4, I said, there has to be more than this. And I learned the, the flipping all these cars. And to be honest, I literally gathered up twenty thousand dollars in three months wow from in, in from three, from diecast just from die hot cast. wheel cars thank you hot wheels <laughs> <laughs> and i and had that, that gary v thing is just uh, not a lie right yeah and you can go to gr- to garage sales and make exactly money. and on the on the side i had a little bit of savings and you said we sent me and my wife i'm like let's put it all in all of that in three months and it all happened quickly holy cow okay. so i mean with these die cast cars is there like you had to fix them up or paint them or you just buy no. and just no there it's like uh, money all collector's items yeah. you could think of shoes okay. there's nowadays is very popular that there's value technically in everything yeah coins money I mean, somebody cars, probably likes everything. those they want to put one on their little zoom background they want to they want to put it there yeah, so they're yeah. like wait for you to find the right one that they want and pay you 300 bucks exactly for it. it's yeah. exactly like the real estate i kind of have an idea of it but it's very um alike that you, if you find a say a super deal that you're like you know what i can make a lot of money off that home i'm gonna offer such amount yeah it's the same thing with these things there's there's a lot of value to it, and I just didn't do uh, just diecast. I literally I, I went from a collector's item like a toy or something. They're collectors. Beanie babies. That's still there. There's still a lot of money in it, and there's still a lot of space for people to grow in that business. But my my eyes was just the barrier. Let's <clears throat> open a food cart. Yeah, and that's the the quickest way I picked up in. So you, so you got a cart. Um, where where did you choose a location? Was it based on just like what you could afford, or did you strategically look at a place that you thought would do well? Well, honestly, we are actually the second uh, most popular. We think that we're the most the second most popular um, food cart in Portland. Mm-hmm. We actually have several locations, right? Uh, but for the first one, I mean, for the first one. Um, we didn't know where to put it. Right. We just thought about, um, we saw a couple points, busy area, uh, intersection, visibility, and we opened on 160, 164th in division, I think. Is, is there a pod of car, no. cars there? Can I, is this, yeah, so. can I ask, like, do you like just negotiate with the property owner just to go in and can I put my cart here, or how does that work? Uh, they don't make any money. They just actually, sorry, I take that back. They actually just make their their rent uh, by just leasing us the space of their property. Okay. Say say let's suppose it's a gas station. This this wasn't a gas station. It, it was actually a home video library <clears throat> where they sell a lot of electronics, TVs, and sound systems, and all of that. We saw that they had a potential little corner at the back part of their their parking space. And it had visibility to the road, and nice. right in front of it, there is that. There's a movie theater. It's a Regal movie theater. Oh, perfect. Oh. Yeah, and we saw like there's potential here. 
honestly, it's just knocking doors. Um, we we he wasn't the first one. We went several places mm-hmm. knocking doors. Some people turn you down, and but that didn't, we didn't give up. We said move on to the next one. So what did what did they want per month? Um, at the time, I I may be off, but I think it was between seven to a thousand dollars to a thousand dollars a month for that space. And but then it kept on growing as we. We, we got popular, we got super busy. The owner said, holy cow, like, I've never seen this. I don't know if you guys ever saw uh, Berea PDX when it first started and during the pandemic. It was insane. We yeah. had long lines. <laughs> it was crazy. How nothing, long, nothing, at nothing one point, was, how long was the longest food time that you had we, at, when it was busy, like your order time? We were, we got all the way up to like, I think, 40 minutes, kind of like a, a 40 minute minute wait. Like a restaurant. Wow. Yeah. And it's not mm-hmm. because it, it was sl- being slow cooked. No, it was how many orders, literally. Just, you honestly, guys just crashed. <laughs> honestly, there was a point we would fill up the whole entire uh, ticket uh. holder and we still had a stash on the side on our pocket and we had a person <laughs> be placing the tickets yeah. as the tickets uh, were being Classic. made. Yeah. yeah, but we had lines and lines and on our social media, you can see how all those lines we created. It was crazy. Uh, uh, people didn't believe it when we would talk to, talk about it. Like, it can't be. I'm like, well, here, look, take a look at yourself. So, I mean, when you were starting this business, I mean, were you thinking about marketing or did you just put it on the corner and somebody found you? Was it word of mouth? Like, what really built your business the most? We saw the, the competition, not just the competition, others that offer other styles. We kind of saw what... How do they advertise their business and how what can we do different to 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 stand out even better than them? Yeah. And if you see our food carts, we our food carts are fully wrapped. It has nice designs. Yeah, they look the really men, clean. The menu. Really new. As we try to make it as clear as possible in yeah. our social media, we post a lot of our stuff, um, uh, promotions and and videos of the, how the food is being made. And but we never thought about investing in marketing because like I said, we, we put all of our investments in it and we kind of didn't want to invest in marketing. Yeah. Um, and we said, you know what, let's just do it. Put it all in. No marketing. And it, it within the two, three months, it exploded. Okay. It was crazy too to see though because um, the people started marketing it for mm. Birria. Uh, you would start seeing them posting on their story and then all of a sudden once they see on their story uh, they're reposting it and then the Birria page the Birria social media would start reposting it and it started being like a referral like on a mass scale type thing and I would go on TikTok and it's funny because I would I'm scrolling and then I see oh Okay, there they are. Like there's there's Viria PDX. So that's and where you found your biggest niche was on it was your followers were social mostly media. were more on TikTok than the other platforms. It was uh, it was a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the least one was Facebook, but the most yeah. strong one was Instagram, Instagram and TikTok. And TikTok. Uh, one time, uh, already as it was, we were super busy. But one day, our first hit was that this kid came recorded his food and everything and it, was he like something fo- he had a bunch of followers like no, an influencer he was or anything? smaller smaller guy. small guy he was just yeah. a random guy uh he had somewhat of a followers but his video exploded <laughs> no joke that the following day um it was busy it, with uh i think it was 40 minutes before opening we already had a crowd oh, oh yeah how, how early did you run out of food during that day um, I actually can't remember, but I think we did close a little bit early. But we had that crowd already, and we're like, why do we have people line up so quickly? And people came on coming. And no joke, that day, 
we created a crowd. We literally, the from the food truck, we created a line and it wrapped almost around the building. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's okay. a decent building. It's not something tiny. Yeah. Yeah, and it wrapped all the way around. No, I mean, I like that. It's, it's funny because I watch, whenever I see good food, like, I have to, you know, go to the location on the, the reel, click it, and obviously mm -hmm. it pops up. So obviously you guys have had to set that up. So people can be like, okay, I love this reel. That food looks delicious. Where's this at? Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, like, yeah. I'm sure you guys had to do a little bit of setup to get going, but that's And it, it was cool. Um, so Danny, the, the his business partner, um, he would start, he would go on TikTok and he's like, go. Oh. He would find them and just start reposting it. Oh. And he started seeing some of the stuff that were in California. And he's like, we need to see if we could do a video like that. And mm. so it started getting more in depth. They started doing the process of like the, the inside of the food truck. So they started doing more intentionally more, once you mm -hmm. guys realized like, oh, this is the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Of, of the food, the process, some of the customers. And there was a lot of work that was put into <clears throat> behind the scenes by everybody in the team. And um, they were able to we withstand were, those long lines. We were a team when we had to quickly hire more staff. We were four of us. And then we uh, we quickly hired extra help, and within two months we already had a crew of eight people in a eight by sixteen oh people. Literally, no joke. Everybody had their own yeah. little work area. Just terrible. Oh, yeah. We couldn't we couldn't walk back and forth. It's like, we you're just, gonna be chopping we, onions. Yeah, okay, we pass it on, and then the other guy, and just like that, we had no space to to move, and we we didn't actually have a break at all. Uh, we we start from as early as six in the morning to start all of our preparation, getting everything and ready. And you did all the prep in the cart too, or did you have a commissary kitchen? Yeah, no, everything was being made there at the oh time. Oh my God. When we first opened. <laughs> yeah, now we do. Yeah. We, we have a, a brick and mortar now on, yeah. uh, on Gleason Street. Oh, you have a brick and mortar like actual restaurant too? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. wow, I didn't know that. It's on 122nd in Gleason. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, busy, busy area. Yeah. Busy area. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how many food trucks now? I think it's nine of them now. We had to close one uh, because it wasn't uh, busy at all. Sure, specific it, area, yeah. yeah. That's the nice thing about a food truck, though. It's like it's, pick it up. It's put hard, it yeah, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to get going sometimes. But if you do, it's really easy to shut off. Like sometimes restaurants, you know, brick and mortar stuff, you're stuck in this terrible lease. Um, you've Five got a ton lease. of like, really expensive equipment that you have to deal with with a truck. You can just yeah. kind of remove it or, or do whatever yeah but we kind of um we we would always be um analyzing what's going wrong what can we make better mm. and we, we we kept on expanding uh growing yeah, the size at what of point the what point were you like okay we need to go to number two exactly yeah uh well we we got concerned uh, i think we were six months into business already and we still had huge lines every day every day we were having them and we're like honestly we got to do something about this because 40 minutes know, is too long to wait for yeah. a lot of people yeah i think we opened it in the in the summer i think it was september i think it was but then the winter was coming and we were like how are we going to do it in the winter we're going to slow down and honestly, the winter came, and we were still as busy. It would be raining. I mean, that that's okay, it. People, people say that, like, that. oh, you can't have a food cart in winter. I've heard that so many times. Like, how are you going to keep your customers in winter? But you yeah. guys didn't have, like, here. It's hot and warm, you know? It's nice. Yeah. It was actually good because they adjusted very well. Um, within that summer, they had a tent up. They had tables. Mm -hmm. It was covered. Heaters. So, heaters. I, I still think it was not 
uh, good enough to keep the person happy and we're like because we we would see people's frustration them being shivering just waiting waiting and kids crying mm -hmm. we we saw all of that yeah and we're like how can we improve this so we said okay you know what i think we need a second location we opened a second location kind of help a little bit of balance but still it wasn't enough <laughs> so we had to go for the third location and, and, and so and on and was so the on. second location kind of close enough or was it no pretty we far? we decided to do them within five miles radius okay, five miles, and yeah. yeah we that one was 164th division then we went all the way to 82nd and foster oh which nice i think that's yeah there's that. a car that in that cartplex there or no no, that one's by itself too. Oh, that one's we, by itself we don't too. Like, you, don't, you don't go into the pods. You don't want competition. <laughs> no, no pods. We There's do have one that's in in a pod area. That's an up in Gresham by the Gresham High School, but we always have that mentality that we like to be by ourselves yeah. um, because we like that attention. I mean, I, I I like your idea about coordinating with other businesses too that are you know just like it brings people there and they want it. They need yeah. that extra income. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So I mean, obviously, you, you guys are. In a pod, you know, with other carts, I think you said for at least one location. Uh, what is like the the rent difference between like being in one of those food cart pods versus like just finding your own location? What I've seen that it's cheaper to be on your own than a, than in a food pod area because it's actually a business for the landlord to yeah. have. It's kind of like a, a tenant, like the yeah. real estate. It's like having a little uh, eighty or something. Yeah, it's it's almost double as expensive compared to mm. when you're by yourself. Okay. Price a price difference. Uh, it's almost like if you're by yourself, a thousand dollars minimum versus twenty five hundred dollars mm -hmm. when you have a, a landlord like that, like in a food pot area. Okay, and like, what about like utilities, hookup, electricity, water? Like, how does that all work? All of that is separate from your rent. Okay. Um, yeah, you got to pay all that separate. So they connect like a hose, or how how does that all go? go like, since like if you're gonna find like just a corner of. You know, like I don't know, like a convenience store or whatever to to sell at. Like, how do you get like all those hooked up? You gotta find uh, the you gotta find a spot that ha is water ready, um, electricity ready, and if there isn't electricity, you gotta um, contract your own um, to be to put a pole okay. and contract the the city to come out and put your electricity. And then water and everything, you contract vendors to come pick it up mm. and come supply you with fresh water. All of oh, that. it's all in the truck. Yeah, it's all in the truck. What would you okay. say is about the total cost? Like, let's say you just op like your first store, you went to the corner, um, you know, of a of an existing business in a parking lot. How much about total with the truck, with the electrical hookup, and like how much do you kind of budget for opening a new car? Well, to be honest, it's not cheap to, yeah. to open a food cart. The way we do it, we like to, we started with a used food cart yeah. that went really, really well, yeah. and it was very decent uh, food cart, but we had to continue expanding, doing larger carts, right. better equipment, uh, more efficiency, and all of that became more expensive. Sure. We yeah. went we went from a, from a $35,000 cart to a hundred and ten thousand dollars. That's how much you expect to wow. pay for a yeah. cart now. Yeah. For now, oh, it's yeah. brand new, right? Brand new. Okay, for, that, it's I mean, almost, that's a full almost size as much case. as you would have like for a brick and mortar spot. Yeah, yes and no. Um, Depending on what kind of renovations you have to do and what kind of equipment you have to put in. Yeah, we we were looking for a brick and mortar um, a while back, but you just can't find the right place in Portland. There's not it, a lot. Of it's a, a lot of the places that are, are available 
are the big restaurants that close down, right. like uh, yep. um, how how would you call it, the like a Red Robin, yep. or um, somewhere that Something they would with sit. table service, like fifty exactly. table, fifty to seventy tables, which just actually like one hundred fifty people, or even more, yeah, yeah. But the type of place that we that we need. It's anywhere from 40 to 60 people. And just counter service. and Exactly. Right. Because it's food to go. Yeah. A lot of people stay and they eat it there, but it's not that type of food that right. you want to stay and bring no. your family like that. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so talking about scaling, like obviously you started with the one cart and you got all these other carts. Like how do you keep consistency through all the carts? Like how, how are you training people? Or, uh, I think you guys mentioned having a commissary kitchen to kind of prep all the food but how do you make sure that the quality is the same throughout well we we have our own production area uh commissary kitchen and it's the fact that we're a team of four uh, we you know a lot of people fail in this industry with food carts and i think because there's no consistency and uh, um, persistence on like for example opening every day, um, offering the same food, mm -hmm. customer service. Yep. A lot of people, they test it and they're like, oh, it didn't went well. Uh, tomorrow I don't feel good, I'm gonna close. And then they, so th that's the biggest struggle with Portland, that you go to a food cart, you don't know if it's gonna be open. Yeah, you, right. You're like, oh, I'm craving these tacos. Right. You show up. Is your website updated, right? Like exactly. <laughs> every time on Google, it's like, oh yeah, yeah it's open. You go there, nope. Exactly. And you can't call anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we said, we have to take this business serious. Mm. Uh, we are gonna open. We started opening six days a week. Uh, then we had to expand the hours even more. Um, then the quality. When we started expanding with the food carts, we we said we gotta offer um, c consistency on what you're asking. That everything tastes the same. So by that we have um, routinely us uh, meetings at the restaurant, mm. and we are a team. I want to say we're a team of thirty or thirty-five right now. Yeah. And uh, we have annual um, uh, team gatherings, um, and we take them out, and we, we, we just try to motivate our team and, and keep, them, keep them as happy as we can. Yeah, do you feel like if, um, you know, you go to the burrito truck on the east side versus the west side, you're going to get the exact same food, exact same experience? Because that, that's kind of like the McDonald's thing, right? You know, you go to McDonald's yeah, anywhere in the country, exactly consistent. That's how you know you're successful, right? It is the same. Uh, it is the same. Uh, taste um sometimes we may probably fail in certain very minimal area mm. but we take it very serious right and uh, one of the areas that has helped us a lot is reviews mm. when when someone gives us a review you take it seriously we take it very serious when someone didn't like uh uh something that occurred w the first thing is what location was it and let's immediately address it. Like, hey, we called that location and said, hey, look at this. Please don't make it happen again. Let's work on it. And then we follow up again with it within mm -hmm. a week and make sure it didn't ha doesn't happen again. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read something just recently how, you know, like uh, some people look at praise as important, but like a real like leader and somebody that's like a really good business mind is somebody that takes criticism very seriously because that. You don't often get that feedback, right? Yeah. And when you do get it, you should you should pay attention to it. Yeah. And I think it's very important. I'm more, to me, I take customer service very serious because that's the only way that you're going to have your customer come back. Mm. And the fact that it's a food cart, uh, I mean, I could obviously go to a restaurant and not suffer any cold, uh, right. be, be, be comfortable, and be better. Mm. But So if you go to a food cart and you get treated wrong, your food's not, not as great as you thought it was going to be, you're not going to have a, a returning customer. Mm. So that's why we take it very serious. 
are do you have are you able to track those metrics like based on I don't know what kind of credit card processing you use, but do you have an idea of like how what percent is returning customers? Yeah, yeah, we see that a whole lot, and uh, I think I want to say it's the seventy percent of almost the same customers that do come back. Wow, yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah, and that thirty percent <laughs> is the new people. Thirty percent new people. Wow. Yeah. And it's mostly uh, the areas. We, we always try to look for busy areas, like office areas. We have one in downtown or southeast. Someone that will come there for lunch once or twice a week. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's normal. I, I go to one same spot like, like at least once a week. Yeah. So, And, uh, I mean, can I ask with your management group now, are you guys still in the kitchen, still working? I mean, it's only been a couple of years, or are you fully like, we're management now. We, we train people. We deal with people now. Uh, we don't. We're not don't. in the line. Show exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary. We do. Yeah. Sometimes right. here and there, rarely, uh, we don't have a crew member to fill in a spot, and we'll go and cover it for a couple hours until we find someone. But we mostly do all managing now because that's the key um, to success. Uh, yeah. Um, you being part of it, yes, it can be success, but it's not as better than just managing it. It's best if you find a crew member teach him how to do the work, uh, teach him how to do it your style, and it, it goes really well that way. It's worked best for us. Okay. Also for some events, too. Um, that's kind of where even mm -hmm. I join in. Like So I'm on the title and the escrow side of the business in right. real estate. But during Cinco de Mayo, we were there. Everybody was there. I, Ivan was there. Danny was there. Gracia, yeah. Lore. So you went to the, this festival, which, which is full of the Hispanic community, and all of the owners of Birria PDX were there. They were having fun with with yeah. the staff. We even brought out like one of the cows. So the oh, so really? yeah. So his father-in-law. Yeah. Where do you source the meat from? Do you get it from somewhere in particular? Uh, it's a, a supplier in Portland. I, I can't think of the top of my head the name, but they're a big, um, big, big local farm. Yeah. yeah. You, but you're saying about his. No, but yeah, like everybody was just involved. So all all the four owners were inside working, and one of them was outside showing some of the merchandise. We had like a we had someone dressed up as a cow when he was dancing. <laughs> so it made a very fun and interactive for everybody that was there so it was a good time and that's, that's good true. to see we're very united uh our family's pretty united on my wife's side and our our family um and when it comes down to an event or something big with the business honestly without no hesitation like you know what i want to be part of it and like Cinco de Mayo, you guys know Cinco de Mayo in yeah, Portland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a huge event. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. fifty thousand people. Holy cow! And a lines nonstop all day long, all day long, all day long. And we're part of it there too. And yes. uh, you asked earlier if we're part of it. Only in those uh, occasions. Yeah. yeah. When we know we want to make sure that everything's the quality covered. is at the highest. Uh, exactly. That the service is good. That you're making sure that everybody's having a good experience, so that yep. when they want it again, they'll come back to you guys. Exactly. And we're going to be part of it uh, this year again. Uh, we already um, registered for this. Nice. Year. And we're going for more events. Nice. Uh, like the the county fairs and. Oh, the fair. Oh yeah, fairs is a great great one. That's yeah. where. So yeah. we're looking for for this year. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to go to attend an event where you guys were at and I just remember thinking like the people that were cooking were just like having so much fun like it wasn't just like the food of course was awesome but I feel felt like the people that were cooking and serving were like super happy to be doing it yeah like I felt like people were enjoying what they're doing so it kind of like made a very festive atmosphere yeah we we, we like to um, allow our employees to be themselves mm. we don't we don't try to go by the books like you say hey 
you can't say this, you can't be do that. Like, be yourself. Be you want to uh, play around, uh, uh, throw jokes, just make it all safe and uh, and with with everybody, involve everybody, mm-hmm. and what you saw, and that's how that's how our team is. And you will you will always see them like that. Uh, mostly all events. Mm. So you would not be surprised if you show up to any PDX or any event and you see the cook dancing. <laughs> so that's that's a very frequent thing, yeah, which is hilarious. That's when they're going to be making good food because they're cooking and with you love. Ever, <laughs> if you ever see um, our, our team members somewhat raising their voices, they're not mad. They're not arguing. They're not fighting. <laughs> it's a it's it's a way of them understanding each other. Say, hey, you're missing this. It's part of it, and they're nobody's mad at that. In that in that uh, part of the dance. Yeah. So you got nine cards. What are you all in Portland, or are you have you pushed out of Portland yet? Uh, we're now in Vancouver too. Oh, La- Vancouver. Last too. year we opened up in Hazeldale. We're looking to expand. We're trying really hard to expand. I myself want to in the near future want to expand to a warm state. That has all year long a warm weather. What? Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> because we live in, in Portland. To be honest, uh, even so, you can I, go take care of the uh, the warm state during the winter. Yeah. To be to be honest, uh, even though I was raised here, I don't understand why I can't adapt. I love Portland, mm. everything about it, but it's just the weather's a big factor. You need to get out for a little bit. During exactly. The yeah. yeah. I totally but understand. I love Portland. Yeah. yeah, it's been good to me. Well, if you were to expand out, would it still be PDX Fury? I mean, people we, love. We uh, always Portland. talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. people do love Portland stuff, Salt and Straws, and other places, I and mean, people know it's a Portland thing. So I mean, I don't think it hurts to be, you know, PDX Fury. Yeah, <laughs> and we, like give us a different name, kind yeah. of to the city. We've yeah. thought about very creative names to see how it'll be attractive. Like for example, Birria PDX, let's say in Hawaii. Or Birria PDX slash Hawaii, just mm. like that, and make it a little bit tropical on the wrap or something like that. We, we, we've thought about it. Okay. Right. 808 Birria. Yeah. <laughs> hey. What about just like <laughs> down the I-5 corridor? Are you going to like move down to Salem, Albany, Corvallis? Uh, it's not as easy nowadays uh, because um, a lot of people are trying to get into this industry mm-hmm. with food carts and they think it's as easy it's not easy no. we've we at the beginning we wanted to quit two three times yeah. and say you know what we're done with this but honestly at the end the fact that we're family and we're four of us we all support each other whenever that one of them wanted to give up we're like hey just uh, hold up let's give it another month let's do this different let's do that and and then all of a sudden great things came along after that and uh why why haven't we expanded in those areas because it's nowadays it's hard um, it's a stretch unless you have people down there already right and like not them, a lot of people yeah. trust food carts as landlords not a lot of them trust it because it's start there was a there was a time that food carts were not as attractive mm-hmm. and that, that's yeah that's, almost like lower your the value mm-hmm. of the area because exactly. of the the look of it and the feel of it yeah and that's what we wanted to make different right. we said you know what let's expand into newer food cards and whenever somebody wants to see it with no hesitation you want to take a look at it look at it and people would be impressed when mm-hmm. they go into our food carts it's literally like a real commissary kitchen it's mm-hmm. fully equipped uh our teams work really good in it yeah it doesn't stop though people from Salem coming down here to eat. I've heard <laughs> so true. many times of uh, people that would drive Honestly, from Salem, yeah, Corvallis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people we would we would interview our, our people. Uh, sometimes we would record them and say, "Hey, where are you guys coming from?" No joke, 
honestly, and we have some videos of it. We had people from California, from Seattle, all the way from New York and other countries, no joke. Mm. Uh, they would say, you know what? I came from Mexico. I saw you guys on the TikTok. You guys are super popular. And I, I had the excuse to come visit my family member. Now I'm here. Nice. Interesting. So you guys are destination now. I love yeah. it. What's the what's the next step? Like, so you've you've got this, you know, you've got this great business running. You got nine locations. What what's kind of the future? Because I know you know some restaurants go down that franchising model, right? Yeah. Um, what what are your thoughts on like kind of keeping that pushing forward or consolidation? Well, we the fact that we've seen a lot of downsides. Uh, with the food cart, with the Portland weather and mm -hmm. all of that, we're considering expanding into brick and mortars. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're trying to see if things are going to improve in any way. Um, because, yeah, there's a lot of realtors out there that have tried to help us. But uh, they try to push us in into restaurants where they have big capacities, right. 150 mm -hmm. people, 200 people. Not something we need. We need something anywhere from 40 to 60 people. And there's not many spaces. Honestly, a lot of the teriyakis own these own right. these spaces. Yep, they knew they've known for a long time. Yeah, they got niche. They, they got yeah. That. yeah. So that's why uh, it's we're slow but surely. Uh, we're every day we're, so we pushing we, towards brick and mortar. Yeah, we yeah. gather up. We have meetings every day. Every day at eight thirty in the morning, we're there um, problem solving what we're going to do different. What's the plan today? And where where is our future in the next two three three years? <clears throat> Have people been reaching out to you in terms of partnering or franchising out since you guys have kind of grown so quickly? Multiple, really. yeah. Multiple. We've had offers on the table, and at the moment we we rejected them because we we didn't want to go that route. Yeah. But now we're we're considering uh, franchising, but we want to do it really legit because we want to expand more more uh, nationwide and mm -hmm. instead of just here in Portland. Of course. Uh, no, I would say this is like a, you know there's this place in New York. I think it's like. Euro chicken and rice or something. It's like yeah. this food cart that has lines out the door, and now they have like locations everywhere. But it's just not the same. Yeah, you know. And I, oh, really? I yeah. When they changed the brick and mortar, it didn't. When they changed, well, the food, the original food cart is just like in New York. It's like I think it's on Fifty Seventh and I forget. I don't know New York For that sure. well. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but uh, yeah. Once they expanded brick and mortar, and they're everywhere, and they have their sauce all packaged, you know, packaged up where you can pour it on top. I was like, this is just not the same. Like I don't know what what it was when they started mass producing everything it just yeah, didn't like have that some sort feel. of commissary kitchen or whatever that didn't just give it the same yeah. or like had some machine making the recipe or whatever. yeah exactly so not that that's a bad thing i'm sure right. they're making a ton of money you know but yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's opportunities when you franchise there's i always say there's uh there's always something you lose when you start spreading out you know mass whether it's like culture or because I mean, you could do like the Chick Fil A model, the McDonald's model, where everything is just ex extremely consistent all the way throughout. But you have, like maybe you start losing the personality of the person yeah, that was yeah. doing the thing, you know? So yeah, and uh, that's why we've been uh, a little bit slow with it because we like to do everything. Yeah. We don't really like to contract uh, for mm -hmm. knowledge or how to do it or how to do this. We go out ourselves to go get all of that information. And um, that's our biggest worry, uh, consistency, um, continue expanding. So I know we're going to get there eventually, but we want to make sure that it's like McDonald's, that the taste, all of them taste the same. Mm. And most, most importantly, where McDonald's fails a lot is customer service. Yeah. And that's what we want to improve, that uh, we, we want to make sure 
that doesn't happen in multiple locations because we hate uh, negative reviews. Of course. Yeah, because we know our product is great and we know that people love it because we've seen it. And But it's just sometimes the lack in places is just customer service. Oh, yeah. It's you, can, you can eat, honestly, you can eat at a place that the food is not great, but if they offer you great customer service, you don't mind that that food was just eh. Like, oh, okay. I'll mention one Chick Fil A. You know, they train their. You, you got to smile. You got to talk a certain way. They have like a whole HR making sure that they're just these bubbly people. You know, yeah. <laughs> or Dutch Bros. Dutch Bros. Yeah, like, classic. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. They, they, they. Coffee's fine. They, <laughs> I think they practice a, a literal brochure, like what to say. Have yeah. the same questions because almost the same questions are always asked yeah. at every location. How's your day? How's this? We even thought about like probably going that route too because it's it's important. Yeah, yeah I mean you have a lot of personalities service. to deal with. So I mean you do as you said, you want consistency in customer service or just good customer service in general. You yeah. can't just let people decide what good customer service is on their own. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It can yeah. vary a lot. So And and most importantly, we we struggled mostly in staff during the pandemic. Nobody wanted to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only people that wanted to work wanted to get paid like if they were engineers. <laughs> Sucks to say, but we treat our people good. We we try to make it competitive to to our competition, but that was our biggest struggle. Yeah, and what's the going rate now? I, I mean, just not too long ago, I saw at a movie theater they were paying cooks like $19 an hour. It, it's in that range. Yeah. It's in that range, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the minimum wage, I think, is like 14 or 15. 14, I can't remember yeah. the top of my head. We always like to keep it uh, above that because the cost of living nowadays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The inflation, we've seen it. We get hit every month. We And that's another thing. Uh, we only probably done one increase price increase in the past in the past three years the past three years. one price increase and how many increases have we had from our vendors huge yeah. tons yeah like tons we what, what is your food cost because like we I, I came from fine dining and food cost was always just like the battle right we were almost 30 percent was our food like if we got under 30 percent, we got a bonus you know like yeah. what, is, yeah. what are you guys aiming for <laughs> to be honest i don't handle that side i don't i don't know at the top of my head numbers um that's uh, my sister-in-law that handles all of that the accounting side uh -huh. but an idea of how much inflation has grown i'll give you an idea for example you ever seen the 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 bottle of cokes yeah. The, the Mexican Cokes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. We started off, when we opened, the, a case of 24 would be $19. Okay. Do you know how much the, a case of 24 costs nowadays? I have no idea, yeah. $45. Wow. So we don't buy one case. Right. Uh, literally, honestly, no joke, per location, we have to at least have 10 cases per week. Really? Per location. Yeah. So that's almost 100 cases a week. Yeah. So that that's quite a bit of right inflate, and that's with everything, um, our our tortillas, yeah. our, our the equipment, the equipment like no joke, oh, God, refrigerators. Yeah. Uh, when before the pandemic, when we started opening buying our equipment, a two thousand dollar refrigerator now costs six to seven thousand dollars. No joke. And you might have to wait to get it probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our our hundred ten thousand dollar food cart. At a one point, it used to cost $60,000 oh to build God. that food cart. Jeez. But then when we continue going on and on and we would improve and do that, $110,000. Like, it's not, not not that easy. 
Yeah, that's tough. That's a mobile home. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally is. Um, yeah. I mean, I see food restaurants closing left and right because their margins are so bad. You know, businesses that have been open for like 15 years, so it's like we can't afford these food prices now. So that's, that's exactly. insane. So. But it has to do a lot with um, the, like, you can't give up. Yeah. Uh, um, honestly, regardless if you're breaking even and you're not seeing profit, I just, we kind of saw that at one point when we first opened. We were like, we have a lot of people, but we were not seeing too much of a profit. We were not seeing too much because we were investing back, yeah. everything back into the business right. because we wanted that second location. We wanted better equipment. So that's where those were the little hiccups that we wanted to give up. We're like, damn, is it worth it? Is it not? Like, okay. But then all of a sudden, it took a different route. Mm. Like, we started seeing um, profits and, and so on. What Do you remember what that tipping point was at where you reached uh, how many carts or was that when you got your brick and mortar? Or like was when, it the social media did, thing? Yeah. You know? When did it become <laughs> like, okay, we, we were like, we're going to... Because I remember that when I changed careers, it was like, okay, finally, you know, like yeah. I can pay off my credit cards. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it took us six months to get some air like uh, to feel like okay to breathe yeah let's 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 continue doing this um but the first six months imagine just you you see that there's money but none of that it's for your pocket for your own fingers yeah (laughs) yeah yeah everything's going back into that business oh that's interesting i think it's a common theme uh we had a interview with our uh our guest ace and he had his restaurants a dessert restaurant that had been open for a long time and wasn't getting any traction and then yeah for some reason, it was on like the New York News, and then he had a line out the door, and that saved his business. And you, I, wow. yeah. was that like that six month mark where that social media uh, moment hit for you guys? Social media was quick. Oh, it was, it was, no, yeah, like, no, that was that yeah. was very quick. It was within weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Left and right, we were getting tags um, within the first week, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's just that because you guys were spending so much money out on, like you said, the the next investment, the next thing. Yeah. That's before why you chose. Oh, that's why it was six months before you guys felt like, okay, we're okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And, and if you had to, if someone else was, like, thinking about doing a food cart um, or, you know, getting into the restaurant world as an op- entrepreneur, what, what would you recommend, like, looking back at your experience? What would you kind of suggest to them in terms of, you know, how to, how to make it happen? Uh, most importantly, buy the right equipment. Make sure that if you don't need something... Don't, don't buy it. Don't mm. make an investment for something that you don't need. Mm. And the most importantly, advertise it really well mm. um, uh, with uniforms, wrapping it. Literally, we, we, we technically advertise sometimes the pagers. We would put the, our sticker on it. Uh, I mean, we went all the uniforms. Part. Uniforms is a, mm-hmm. actually a thing that I don't see a lot of people in food carts wearing. But you're right; it makes a big difference. To we have. did that. Uh, we started off with um, uh, very little amounts of um, uniforms, and sometimes we didn't. But then we we pushed through it and uh, um, purchased a whole lot of uniforms, and had had to make them wear it every day, mm-hmm. and that improved also our, our our customer service. The branding on Birria PDX is pretty heavy. Yeah. Now. So yeah. like he mentioned, like some of those uh, the food uh, cards, the beeps of food. Oh yeah. Um, the food truck, like we have actual food trucks that are just driving around town, like a, just like a truck, like an F one fifty that's wrapped in Birria. Oh, really? There's a van wrapped like. 
when you see all the, it, all your employees' cars. Are, <laughs> I was gonna say, is it, are these driving around for advertisement, or are you just like going to get groceries and stuff? <laughs> no, it, 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 well, it was actually um, my personal vehicle. Uh, we did it like that, and then uh, we did our the company cars, and we did an employee car. And yeah, but yeah, pretty much. It was funny because then you would see spotted, like like oh. just they took a picture of the truck and like, we found you guys, and oh, yeah. and we just reposted. It. It was, people were just like constantly, oh, I saw you guys drive over here. Yeah, so it was like we don't here. have food in this truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was interesting because some of them would see it at an area where there isn't a location, and they would start speculating and start saying, <laughs> oh, are they are they planning on doing something here? Yeah. Which is pretty funny. And. My son got to see a little bit. Uh, he thought it was weird, but cool at the same time, because that's how that we believe in our product. The fact that uh, when I'm driving with my rap truck, and someone would honk at me, and I think somebody would be arguing with me, trying to cause a road right, right. or something, <laughs> yeah. and my son would be like, "Dan, that weirdo was looking at you through the window," <laughs> uh, and I'd put my window down, and literally they would put the window down. They're like, "Hey." Great food. <laughs> I promise you, great food. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and we would get uh, quite a bit of those. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great feeling. <laughs> well, I mean, if people are looking to obviously reach out to you, how could they find your, your multiple locations? <laughs> well, we only have one way of contacting us. It's through Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, or um, sometimes if you get a hold of uh, the phone number, um, we we don't we don't uh, we don't hide as the owners. We we like people asking questions, and they could always ask to speak to one of the from the managers. And we're almost at the locations pretty much every day. Uh, we all have a different role. Um, I like to go and and check all the areas. I'm more on the on the tech side. I'm installing cameras, the POS systems, the internet, mm -hmm. um, and running, making sure that all of that's operating on a daily basis. Um, my wife does um, some of the like scheduling, managing um, with my sister-in-law um, numbers and seeing uh, sales throughout the day. My sister-in-law does a lot of the accounting side, and my brother-in-law does mostly uh, the social media and all that stuff. That's a good division of labor. Yeah. And it's a PDX Birria? Birria PDX. Okay. Birria. Become okay. a fan. Yeah, it's hard to work on cars, but yeah, literally a PDX. Uh, last, last kind of thought. If so, if someone's co goes to your restaurant, is there like a secret menu item that the that the staff like you know that you should order? <laughs> well, you know, um, sometimes we don't have a secret menu, but people do tend to ask and say, "Hey, can you do this crazy thought I have?" And sometimes we do it. Okay. We, we do it. <laughs> kind of like uh, we offer some some choices with hot Cheetos uh, and then nacho uh, cheese. And people, and people, people like it. it. But sometimes we, we, we see it um, elsewhere and we try to yeah, yeah, do it the see, same I've way or, before, or a little yeah. kick with our, our uh, side. And then we, we'll post it and then people will come and say, say, hey, I want this. Okay. Last meal, last, like, you know, last chance to eat at beer, PDX closing or whatever. What do you order? What's like the, what's the, what's the jam there? What's the main thing? Honestly, that that's hard. I I have obsessions uh, like uh, periods of times or like w I could be eating a torta pretty often, and then I'll switch to uh, just tacos de sala. Yeah. But if you're new to Birria PDX, yeah. we have a dish for first timers, and it's called the the PDX sampler. 
comes with four different type of tacos. Oh, I had and that. and the broth. Really good. That's oh, always yeah. um, and we offer it with a special deal, and that's always the to go dish for for first timers. But you do have to try the fresh the aguas frescas. You need to have What's the, that? the aguas frescas. Okay. So the the drinks. So everything again made from Birria PDX. So you have the pepino, you have the piña, pineapple, and horchata, mm. and oh, it's yeah. amazing. We put chamoy on the on the pepino and the piña. And also for the horchata, you could have it with like a condensed milk and oh, with nice. um, uh, masa pan, yeah. which is what, so good. <laughs> why are we unique than uh, the competition? All of our all of our stuff is mostly fresh, everything. You're not gonna drink um, uh, say agua fresca de piña. Piña is pineapple. Yeah, uh, powder. It's not powder based. Mm. It's all fresh. Oh, Literally, fresh. a pineapple. Chopped up, chopped up with uh, with um, blended, and then with the sugar and all the necessary stuff, and all fresh, all of our drinks. Sounds like I gotta go get a sampler and a and a pineapple drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I recommend it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate you coming yeah. on the show. Thank Congrats you for with us. the yeah. thank with you the business, and hopefully it keeps going. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.